following episode most likely contains graphic language, details of violence, and murder, and may not be suitable for all audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 52 of Murder With My Mother, the true crime podcast where I talk murder with my mother, my mother, Christy. That would be me. This nice, beautiful lady. February so love month yeah love month well I mean I honestly it's like I was booking something today and they're like yeah next week February 15th I was like how is it the middle of February already I don't know but I've celebrated Galentine's for a couple years now (laughs) and this year this year I get to celebrate Valentine's yeah mom's got a boyfriend everybody that uh internet dating that I wasn't gonna do anymore yeah paid off lucked out when we left her to go to Mexico and ditched her for Christmas <laughs> and she was depressed, well, yep. now you got a boyfriend out so of that. So everybody cross your fingers for me. And, and your toes. Yeah, and I got my toes crossed. And every appendage. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there's a couple things we wanted to touch on, obviously, in the true crime community. Um, there's some big, big things that have happened. And especially with us only recording once a month right now, it's like got a lot to talk about (laughs) so we certainly do have a lot to talk about uh well we've touched on rex hooerman who was the man who uh last year was charged with some of the gilgo beach murders so son of a bitch that guy yeah real son of a bitch um like you guys like we said before last month um hooerman was charged with murdering Maureen, well, this is new, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, who was one of the victims, one of the Gilgo Four. So the latest charge came about six months after he was initially arrested and charged for the murder of the three other women whose bodies were found on Gilgo Beach. And uh, I mean, this case was kind of weird because that he wasn't charged with all of them in the first place because they were all found. Well, the details, right? Yeah, the details were all exactly the same as Maureen's. Yeah. So the fact that with she the was burlap yeah, and the tape and all that stuff, and in the same area. Well, there, but but there are other bodies that have been in that area that may or may not eventually be linked to Hurman. So I mean, yeah, we like don't we don't know if um, the burlap was something that he That's did as he, no, but maybe it's something that he graduated to. Yeah. Who knows exactly. So the married father accused by authorities of leading a double life, Hoorman had faced three counts of first-degree murder for the killings of Melissa Bartholomew in 2009 and Megan Waterman and Amber Costello the following year. So we'll keep you guys posted. You guys know we are on that shit. Yeah, that one's going to be pretty huge as it unfolds. Well, yeah, it already is. As the court case goes goes on. Well, Long Island serial killer, because originally they were kind of tying it all to like, you know, how could one, not more than one person. That's the creepy thing, though, about serial killers. There's so many, and some of them can be operating at the same time in the same place. So it's like... Well, I think I think some people think like, oh, well, someone's already doing this. Here's my opportunity. They'll just think it's that same person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because they're fucked up, twisted minds. Just Yeah. So we'll keep you guys posted on that one. Another big thing in the true crime community is Selena Quintanilla. Uh, she was murdered in March of 1995. I was in a Selena tribute band, so I was a huge Danica fan. Danica was still. a huge and is still a huge Come fan of Selena. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know... 
every word of every song that she's ever And I written. got to listen to it the whole time she was growing up. <laughs> You're welcome. So Celine, Selena Quintanilla's murderer is eligible for parole. And there is a documentary releasing on Oxygen where she says she wants to set the record straight. Uh, it kind of hints that it was accidental, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like, come on. Whatever, Yolanda, you sh- little troll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Yolanda Sald- Saldivar, who was president of Selena's fan club, fatally shot the 23-year-old at a hotel in Corpus Christi in March of 1995 after being confronted about embezzling funds. So obviously, if you've seen the movie, that's pretty much based on exactly what happened or exactly what they say happened or everyone else except for Yolanda says happened. So we'll see what she's got to say. Yolanda. Yeah, Yolanda. But um, (laughs) the then 35-year-old was found guilty of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. So now she's 63 and... Which really isn't that long, like you think about it. No, well... For the states, it's not that long. For here, it's like holy shit, you did your oh twenty-five years. Six people. <laughs> yeah, and you get like like we were discussing, Picton. He has killed at least fifty women, and he is out or he's eligible, which that it blows my mind. He is eligible for parole next year. Like so that that is he's the, the biggest worst travesty of justice. Yeah, he's the like the worst, worst serial killer we have had. Probably ever. yeah. And I but think he, he, I think he ranks up there in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a lot of people. Well, just the fact, like it's not because I highly doubt he's going to get it. But give me some good behavior, and maybe he'll be out. Maybe he's you well, know he'd probably get an unescorted escort. Yeah, or unescorted <laughs> pass. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing about Canada, right? And. I mean, there's so many things I could say right now. But yeah, no, I hope that doesn't happen. But the, just the fact that, okay, he's eligible f- eligible for parole. But that means the families have yeah. to go. They have to relive the horrors that they reli- that they lived. And, the, you know, when their family members went missing. And then when they found out the horrible circumstances behind their murder. It's like, just leave the people alone. Keep him in jail for the rest of his life where he belongs. Just... And if any of you remember when all of that started to unfold, like I was even traumatized by it. And I was just a, a member of the public that was watching it from the sidelines. Yeah. Like I remember actually being at a nightclub one night and running into uh, a bunch of the police that were on the team that were like investigating that. <laughs> like with a notepad. Like yeah. What? And they were even like, this is fucked up. Yeah, it is fucked up, and especially because he operated under everybody's noses yeah. for so long. And right on the edge of the city. Yeah. Like, crazy. Well, he targeted the most vulnerable people in our society, as we know serial killers do. They do um, tend to do that, for sure. Yeah, but you know what? We are actually going to do that episode one day. We really want to obviously give that one, probably going to be multiple parts, at least two, at least yeah, so. I mean, the reason we haven't done it yet is because we want to pay homage to each and every one of uh, Picton's victims. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and they're just so much more than that, right? Totally, that's why. and that's like, why. Like, I don't want to just do a case where, we don't want to just do a case where it's just all about his actions. We would like to discuss, you know, what these what we women were before they fell victim to such a fucking yeah. piece of... Piece of work, that guy. Yeah. So. Nicest thing I could probably say. But we are actually in the process of starting a blog. So we are going to be keeping you guys up to date. We know you guys love our current events. Um, this will kind of, again, we I'm wearing eight hats at the moment. Not like I'm wearing <laughs> like, one. It only looks like one to me. <laughs> no, I'm wearing one <laughs> if you guys can't see. But no, I mean, you know, I've got a lot on the go. But 
this something for me, like this is something that's obviously I'm passionate about. Yeah, and this I, is our passion project. It is, yeah. And again, that I get to hang out with my mom, bonus. So yeah, if you guys uh, like I'm those stories, cool. yeah, if you guys want to keep up to date, you guys can go to www.murderwithmymotherpodcast.com and check it out. So after our last case, and probably the last four cases we've done, because they kind of all reflect the same beliefs that we have, obviously. Uh, we had some people reach out to us, and we had someone reach out um, and kind of tell us about a case. And this one really, the, the things that I felt were so complex, because A, I'm PMSing, so no, but it's like, there's so many different things that you, when you read a case, and especially for someone who I like to think I'm pretty up there with, knowing about all this shit that's going on especially in Canada yeah. um but same with you but this one touched us this as we dove deeper like as a mother as a friend as a daughter as like a Canadian especially this one like I was astonished the fact that I hadn't heard about this case well and we talked about the fact that uh a little while ago, we started being censored on all of our platforms, our social media platforms, yeah. where we are not uh, al allowed any longer in Canada to get any sort of news no. on our social media platforms, which... Well, if you think about it, like that engulfs so much of our lives just around the world, globally. I yeah. mean, people spend, you know, you can get lost in the, in the scroll, right? You get lost and... Wouldn't you think that having news and being up to the, like, you know, in the know, up to date with things that are going on, especially in your country, would be a good thing for us? Well, I would I, think that. I mean, I would also think that. And we both don't even have cable TV anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the way we've Who talked the about that cable? before. Like, yeah. we don't have cable. Like, no. fucking internet costs enough. Yeah, exactly. And that's not the case with the rest of even North America. No. We have the highest we have the highest prices also mm -hmm. for cable, for any of that stuff. It's like if you take it away from people, Gas then and they groceries, yeah, so everything. Cable's the last thing on the to-do list. So, yeah, but this case touches on something that again, uh, our dedicated listeners because in every case we've touched on this. Basically every case that we've yeah. brought you guys, we really try to advocate, keep the victims at the forefront. Um, and kind of tell their stories. And, you know, in our recent episodes, we felt more strongly about changing and getting some kind of change made to our justice system in Canada, because this is enough is enough. And we're hopeful that we can inspire change mm -hmm. and hopefully lead change. Yeah. And the fact that this, as we dove deeper into this case, it is something that is, you know, the family of the victims have fought so hard because of the loss of their family members to bring change and to advocate and to, you know, just kind of scream it to anybody that will listen. And if you don't have things like on social media where you can see this and you don't watch the news, how are you supposed to know that these things need your attention? I don't know. It's true. Right? So this story is horrible. I, all Every story we do is horrible. I took Warren Dan today because it's horrible, but he's like, well, none of these are really, you know, enjoyable but I'm like no they're not but this one today is just it's it's so important in order to understand why um here at murder with my mother and so many other people in this country are so passionate about changing the laws here so 
surprise, surprise, repeat violent offenders being let back into our communities over and over and over again. And not even just to do the same things. Usually what you see is you see them going Escalating. up, up, yeah. up, you know, changing. As they repeat, yeah. they escalate because, yeah, because they, they they've don't been go back caught. To jail. They've been caught. They've been mm-hmm. released. And now they don't want to get caught again. Yeah. There is also um, a lot of people that don't know about this stuff. They don't know until this affects their families. Mm-hmm. And the one thing we keep hearing from family after family of the victims is, I hope no one else has to go through this. And you don't realize how much you are not uh taken seriously or supported when you're going through our Mm -hmm. justice system. Exactly. And you guys know, uh, we feel like it's the criminal justice. It's always justice for the criminals. But what about the families? What about the victims? The fact that these people are set free to re-victimize and that just engulfs more people and more families and more victims, right? So these today... These are real people. Every episode we do, they're real people. They have family. They have friends. They have people who love them immensely. And they're not just another episode for us, right? These are like these are people who have been murdered, senselessly murdered. And the fact that so much of it is preventable, especially in this country, blows my mind and continues to blow my mind. So every time. Exactly. So we feel um, we can change our country so that no family has to go through this ever again. And this case today, trigger warning, obviously, this is a young mother and a baby um, who were senselessly murdered and they should have been protected, especially in their own home. And that's what makes this such a senseless, horrific crime. The fact that, yeah, it could have been prevented, Mm -hmm. but it's on a whole nother level. Yeah. So we want to continue to bring awareness and shed light on the areas of our justice system that allow these monsters to fall through the cracks and shatter the lives of innocent Canadians that live in these communities, unaware of the dangers that are as close as next door. So the family in this case has advocated for their loved ones by bringing forth and fighting for a legislative change to be made. Bill C-336, or now better known as Noah's Law. So... This bill will advocate for mandatory reporting by convicted sex offenders when changing residences, implement consequences for non-compliance supported by the issuance of arrest warrants, and establish a distinct classification for individuals convicted of sexual assault offenses against children with sentences of more than two years or those convicted of two or more violent sexual offenses or offenses involving the abduction of women and or children. We think that this cause is worth using our platform for and our voice for, so we can support this family in any way that we can. And like we always do, we will obviously start with telling you who the victims were before they were a victim of crime. The the light that they brought to the world they were a part of, the research in this case is mostly found um, because again, we don't have any of this at easy access. It's kind of what's in the news what is allowed to be out. So we have found the website. Um, Obviously, we'll give you guys all of the info at the end because, again, this is a cause that everybody needs to be aware of. Um, And, you know, the Facebook group, you see that a lot. You see a lot of people, uh, they start Facebook groups, communities, right, on Facebook looking for change, trying to advocate for change. So um, we will do a lot of quoting from those groups and from the website. um, And... Yeah, just 
from their family and loved ones to bring awareness to make some changes in this country that matter. So with that, we will hop right into episode 52. Mikhail Bush was born to Stuart and Karen Bush on February 13, 1997 in Wetaskiwin, Alberta. When she was just a few months old, the family moved to the city of Camrose, where the family would stay for the next 18 years. She came from a hardworking and loving family and became a big sister when she was four years old. Her sister and her were said to be very close, and although rare for sisters, they didn't get into many tiffs. Mikhail was also said to be a really protective big sister. Mikhail went to Jack Elementary School, and for middle school and high school, I think that's kind of what it said, um, she attended Our Lady Mount Pleasant. The year before she graduated, Mikhail started dating Cody McConnell. After graduating in 2015, Mikhail worked for Camrose Association for Community Living, which in itself said so much about her character. From September 2017 to August 2019, she attended Norquest College in Edmonton and completed her practical nursing program. After she completed this program, she returned to work for the association and also found out around this time that she and Cody were expecting a baby boy. On April 18, 2020, Mikhail and Cody welcomed their bouncing baby boy, bright blue-eyed Noah McConnell, who was said to be the light of their lives and had a smile that would win your heart. As babies do, Noah had many nicknames, which I'm sure he came by honestly. 2020 was such a strange time, but even stranger to be first-time parents, I'm sure. Yeah, and that's the f- that was the weirdest thing. Because I had Kiana in 2021 at the end, and yeah. it was like still, there were so <laughs> yeah. many precautions. But it's almost, I mean, you obviously want everyone to enjoy your baby when you have them, but it's kind of, it was kind of nice that it was just kind of, the first one I first had a baby was like 100 people showed yeah. up. I was like, holy <laughs> fuck. But yeah, when you... got you, to be in your little love bubble. Exactly. I mean, because it was... It was It was definitely stemming out of fear, but Mm -hmm. when it came down to it, it really was nice to be in your little love bubble with your baby. Yeah. Everyone around them said how happy they were and how much they loved being parents to Noah. In early September of 2021, the family relocated to an apartment complex in the city of Hinton, about 250 kilometers away from Edmonton, where Cody would be working the TMX pipeline project. On the morning of September the 16th, Mikhail and Noah went to the playground close to their home. They returned home just after noon. Shortly after 12.30, Mikhail had a conversation with the building manager about some dirt and mud that was located on the floor in the hallway and stairwell outside of her family's apartment. The building manager believed that Cody tracked the mud in on his work boots, Which, basically. How how would you even, like... I mean, it probably went right to the door. Yeah, well, I guess probably, <laughs> but still. It's but like, yeah, you know. and it, I mean, that's really a trivial thing. Mm-hmm. The manager had asked Mikhail to clean it up, and her neighbor, Robert Majors, had popped by to offer to clean it up and to introduce himself to the new neighbors that lived in the adjacent apartment. This conversation was heard by one of Mikhail's best friends, Mary, who later testified um, that she, she kind of, I think, led them in this direction uh, to Robert Majors. And unbeknownst to Mikhail, Robert Majors was a violent repeat sex offender that had a long and dangerous history. At around 2 o'clock, Mikhail was preparing food and Noah was down for a nap. Just after 6.20 p.m., Cody returned home from work and could not find Mikhail or Noah in the apartment. 
After seeing the uncooked food, Mikhail's car parked outside, and Noah's stroller in the apartment, he became worried. After asking someone in the building if they had seen Mikhail and Noah and going to the two parks near their home, Cody called Mikhail's mother, Karen, who had also not heard from her. Trusting that something was wrong, Karen then reported them missing to the RCMP. Cody and his friend, who now accompanied him, knocked on all the doors in the building, uh, trying the hardest to find the pair. After the RCMP arrived and began investigating, Cody and his friend remained at Cody's apartment waiting for news until around 2 a.m. Can't even imagine. No. Then Cody, his friend, and now his friend's girlfriend were taken by the police to a local hotel. They were told the police wanted to search through their apartment. Which obviously he's like, do whatever you need to do, you know. And I've watched so many now um, videos of him speaking and, you know, just to put yourself... At researching this case, I was feeling I actually physically ill. Same. Um, obviously, every case we do is horrible. Uh, but this one, again, the proximity of where this man lived and, you know, right across the hall. Like, around 10 a.m. the next morning on September 17th, the RCMP's homicide unit arrived on the scene. According to the RCMP, they had discovered 16-month-old Noah's body in the dumpster outside the apartment building. It was after this discovery that they moved Cody to the hotel. The RCMP were questioning Cody at the police station when they received additional information that Mikhail had been found deceased in Robert's apartment. So this piece of shit was, had a long line and a long timeline of assaulting women, toddlers, In 2006, he was initially charged with sexual assault, but the charges were later dropped by the Crown, which, surprising. In 2012, he faced accusations of aggravated sexual assault against a child. This is an indictable offense with a minimum sentence of five years and a maximum of life imprisonment. Robert pled guilty as there was no trial, resulting in a minimum sentence of five years, with credit for time served amounting to a total of three years, 10 months, and 30 days. In 2013, he was charged with sexual interference, but these charges were withdrawn by the Crown. It's possible that this withdrawal was related to his guilty plea for the child aggravated assault charge. Which, like, wouldn't that be more reason to keep him if he's like guilty oh yeah i'm guilty wouldn't you keep him you like we need to have some kind of three strike or two strike one strike like especially when if you do anything to a child or any kind of sexual assault you should be in jail for the rest of your life i'm sorry that that infringes on these people's rights but you're infringing you lost your fucking rights when you did that yeah in 2013, corrections, a, correct, a corrections psych report from the, this year raised concerns depicting Robert as lacking insight, minimizing events, and blaming the victim and witnesses. In 2015, while serving his sentence, Robert faced accusations of inappropriately touching another prisoner. So he couldn't even, even in jail, he couldn't even behave himself. The parole board granted him statutory release under specific conditions. And in 2017, while still serving his sentence on release, the parole board revoked some of his leave privileges. Oh. Hmm. In 2017, knowing that his five-year sentence was coming to an end, the police applied for and received a recognizance order, which placed him under recognizance conditions until July 2020 when it expired. 
Robert was on several court-ordered conditions at the time, but it remains unknown when he moved from Edmonton to the Hinton area and how he came to live in an apartment complex with women and children near parks and schools without anyone realizing or doing anything to stop it. Upon release, the Edmonton police issue, issued a warning to the public that Major was considered to be a high risk of reoffending and was a danger to children and women. He was ordered to be on the SOIRA, the Sex Offender Registry for Life, as an automatic requirement under the legislation as it existed at that time. So what happened? How, how was he? Yeah, how yeah. was he in Hinton? Unknown to the police. Living in an apartment complex surrounded by families and schools and two parks. Like when, when Cody went to go look for them, he went, went to two parks by their house. Yeah, the ones that they used to go to. Yes. So they're right beside their building. Yes. Like with children and women and, and, and he didn't even, he didn't like discriminate against what kind of children. No, I mean, male I mean and when, female. You, when you look at, there is, there was a, a release with his photo on it when he was released in Edmonton. And to me, that was one of the most graphic warnings that I have seen when mm -hmm. they release someone. Like there was a lot of, there was a lot of warning in the words that were written on that poster. They knew how yeah, they said big it's of a very likely yes. for him to reoffend, and it didn't matter if it was women, children, no. boy children, girl children, no. No. men, women. Like even he was in prison, like, he yeah. assaulted somebody. While in Edmonton, the EPS sought and obtained a recognizance to keep Major reporting his location to police and keep him under court-ordered conditions. Then the Supreme Court of Canada struck down the lifetime registration of S in SOIRA of high-risk violent offenders, citing concern over their privacy in having to be seen attending a police station to report and lack of ability to appeal the automatic lifetime registration. The first time you do something, your privacy doesn't matter. Oh, fuck you. It should be, yeah. you're out of here. This left the most dangerous sexual offenders in legal limbo in the minds of the police. Some prosecution services began seeking individual court applications to ensure continued registration and monitoring of location. Many offenders like Major just fell through the cracks in the system. Major was considered to have no reporting requirements. He moved to Hinton, where the police and the community were unaware of the danger he represented. Nobody monitored his, lo monitored his location and he had no reporting requirements. Certainly Cody and his family would not have rented uh, that apartment if they had known that a serial sexual predator lived right beside them. Serial. Like yeah. he has done this at least five times and that's what he was caught for. What is it? Uh, I don't even think 60% of sexual assault cases are reported. So yeah. imagine the people and he was like in his 50s. Like imagine the things that he had already gotten yeah, away with. Yeah, the things he had left in his wake already. The public is left with the illusion of protection and monitoring, but the system is severely broken. When SOIRA was created, the preamble of the act did not even include the goal of protecting the public. The existing sex offender registry was stated to be for the use of police investigations, but with no requirements to maintain registration and no punishment if registration and location are not updated, the police rarely use the registry for investigation purposes, and the registry is not acting as a layer of protection to the most vulnerable infants and children or adults who are at risk. In all of BC, we are advised that two dedicated RCMP officers in a remote rural detachment are responsible for the operation of SOIRA. 
Research shows no reported case in Canada where the SOIRA registry was used to apprehend criminal sexual offenders. So it's just, it's just like a, a something that's put in place to for the police to use. But yeah. like, what about the general public? What about the people who you think they're going to go and assault the police? Because that's not what's going on. No, I'm glad the police can, uh, you know, like, from a remote location. Yeah. So this family, obviously, after these horrific horrific murders, the family set out with a petition for change and has had over 22,000 signatures. On October 24th of 2023, the Facebook group released the following statement. Today, the Noah's Law Group had the honor of seeing the petition we have all worked so hard to support be tabled in the House of Commons. The support we have received on the Hill has been overwhelming. However, we need more. Thank you for your help and we still have a long haul ahead of us. Canada, we have done all we can. It is in your hands now. So after eight years of Trudeau's misguided public safety policies, dangerous repeat violent offenders have been released into our neighborhoods, causing devastating consequences for innocent Canadians and their families. So we didn't go too much into um, what obviously, um, you know, he did to Mikhail, what he did to Noah. He murdered them. He sexually assaulted the mother. And I, I mean, I've, you know, and then committed indecencies to her body after she was murdered. Um, he pled guilty to two counts of first degree murder. As we see is his. His MO. Yeah, yeah, right? I did it. I did it. I'm guilty. He's probably going to be in jail. Hopefully he's in jail for the rest of his life so that he never gets the opportunity. Because people like this, they do not. This is a compulsion. They do not stop thinking about this. They do not stop. I'm sure even the whole time they're in jail, they're thinking of how yeah. they can get away with it. Remembering also. Yes. And the rate of recidivism when you are someone that has proven time and time and time again cannot be what is rehabilitated. What is changing, yeah. right? What is changing if he obviously, to do that in the first place, you don't just wake up one day and go, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Why would you even wake up in the first place and think, oh, I want to do that anyway? So... You can go to www.noahslaw.ca to learn more and justiceformikhailandnoah.ca to get more info on the petition and how you can help. Um, I think the online petition is closed, um, but you can also, like to every Canadian out there, you hold the power to make a difference um, to support Noah's Law. Um, you can send a letter to the Minister of Justice. His name is Arif Farani and his email is a-R-I-F dot V-I-R-A-N-I at P-A-R-L dot G-C dot C-A and demand change. So mandatory reporting for offenders, offense for non-reporting, and special offender classification. Because there are people in our communities, clearly, yeah. who, like, this would allow, basically, if somebody is going to rent you know, an apartment to do a background check, to know what kind of things, like if they're a registered sex offender, you should have the right to keep the people who are living in your jurisdiction safe if you're renting to people yeah, who are families. Yeah, in your vicinity or if you're, uh, if you're going to, you know, here we have a lot of big apartment buildings and even small apartment buildings and, you know, you're, you're going to live somewhere with your family and your vulnerable children wouldn't it be great to know that there was not a repeat sex offender with the potential to murder you living next door to you? Yeah. 
So in the names of Michaela Noah and in their memory and for the thousands of other children and vulnerable sexual assault victims uh, of assaults by known convicted predators, we ask you to change this sad and tragic reality. So the family has proposed the following amendments. The proposed amendment to the criminal code and the SOIRA are believed to be charter compliant and a first step to providing immediate protection to the most vulnerable. We are asking for a more robust registration system, the creation of subset with SOIRA and the most dangerous repeat offenders, and the ability of a potential landlord to be told if an offender with multiple or violent offenses is seeking to rent in a family complex or a location near schools and playgrounds. Police would provide very limited information, but the objective is to place public safety above the privacy concerns of the subset or violent repeat offender. Even if you just heard, uh, nah, nah, don't, maybe don't, Mm -hmm. that's it. You wouldn't, you don't need details. Yeah. Or even if like a little flag came up that again, you don't need details. Just a little red flag in the corner of the place where you enter the information. Or like 20 red flags, like no, no, you know, then you would (laughs) really know. So a quote from the family, um, I just wanted to say it because I think it's, again, really important to remember they are fighting. This is not just another podcast episode. We are not, you know, we want change. We want this bill passed. We want change in this country. We want to stop seeing these fuckers get away with doing stuff like this. And this family's never going to be the same again. No, there's no justice. Their prize, their family, their baby, their daughter. Mikhail and Noah had their voices violently silenced. We respectfully ask you to be their voices and to seek passage of the bill. As a family, we thank you for your efforts and we commit to continuing to advocate for the most vulnerable of victims as we grieve grieve the loss of our precious family members. May their names and voices live on. So right now there's no obligation, like there was no obligation for what's his name to be reporting to anybody, to be, anyway, he was just willy-nilly out in the community like, Again, around parks, around kids, around, uh, you know, someone vulnerable, two yeah. people vulnerable in their own home. So, yeah, just please assist us in modifying these conditions to lifelong restrictions by signing Noah's Law today. Um, again, I think you can print off the, I don't know if there's one in BC, I was trying to th- see. Um, it's like the paper one where basically you have to collect all the signatures. It's yeah. not the online petition anymore. So it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like how, how is that trumping our safety as Canadians, (laughs) their rights, infringing on these people's rights, allowing them to have parole, allowing them to, if you, there should be like a, a box of like, if you fall in the category, you should, of this, this, (laughs) this, or this, really even just one or two things, if you sexually assault children or women, like strangers or anyone, or anyone a family members anybody you should be mandatorily put somewhere forever because you're going to do it again and then they're going to be paying for you for another trial and another trial or not even a trial because this guy just pleads guilty right away to everything but like what the fuck is going on well i don't know what's going on i have no idea i mean the more that we research each case the common theme that keeps coming up is this person was arrested for this before and Mm -hmm. now here they are again and they've escalated and they've escalated and i think after a couple years we should just give them uh unescorted day passes like yeah that's the fucked up part yeah it's like i understand humans have rights but when you go and you murder like the person who one of the people who was um 
Victoria Stafford. Yeah. Someone who violently orchestrated a murder of an eight-year-old girl. You know what? Let's send her to a healing lodge. Let's get, yeah, let's send this woman to a healing lodge. Or you know what? Carla Homolka, obviously not a lot was known. You guys remember the Ken and Barbie killer. Everybody who lives in Canada knows Carla Homolka. And all of our listeners, if you guys have listened and, to and our early episodes. Just, she just changed her name and she's like a, a school she's mom. She's volunteering at the pack <laughs> at her the, kid's school after she killed three girls and her own sister. Like yeah. she had a hand in it and they and the justice system made a deal with her. There's also another girl from Alberta who murdered her family, which again, she was, I think she was 12. I also want to do that case. She murdered her parents and her little brother with her boyfriend at the time. But she was also like... Well, so I think she got out by the time she was 16 or 17. Oh, yeah. She could be it's listening like, right now. Wouldn't you think that if someone was capable of doing those things, they are under their own... Like, they have their own things that maybe they need to stay in jail for, like, a little longer than 25 years. And you have to realize, like, when our province is notifying us about people, because, really, they don't really notify us about no. a lot of people. It's like, oh, no, Randall Hopley fucking <laughs> ran away from his halfway house. I'm like, I didn't even know that guy was out of jail. Well, why would they tell us? But that's what I mean. They say, like, oh, this guy's this, this a sex offender. High risk to well, reoffend, but, but he was just going to be living ran away in from his halfway house. And did they even find him? I never heard anything I about think that. They, I think they did. Did they? I think so. Well, fuck, hope so. Well, I wouldn't know. I think they did by word of mouth, but I don't get any news no. on my on Facebook because on we're my, fucking prisoners in our own country. You yes. would think it would make sense to have our the thing that we have in our face all day long. Most of us for now, think about it. It's twenty twenty four. We're working on our phones. We're communicating on our phones. We're constantly fucking looking at our phones. If there are things that we need to know as Canadians to keep ourselves safe and to keep us alive and to keep our kids (laughs) safe and, you know, like, don't you think? All we get is, yes, about a girl kidnapping her own son. Like, you know, like, it's like, which again, there are things that maybe we don't know about that, but it's like. That's not the time it should be used for that. It should be, Randall Hopley's getting out of jail or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. It should be like, there. everybody in the province should be sent a picture of this person. And, you know, like every week. <laughs> I wouldn't mind my, like, as long as it's not <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. Well, we wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. I'm sure everybody else, because there's some people who fucking get mad about an Amber Alert when it's literally a kidnapped person kid from a stranger which i could not wrap my head around that those people are pieces of shit so there's a lot of pieces of shit that i'm talking about lately which it's true there's a lot of pieces of shit around there are so basically you guys know we've been saying the same thing for however many episodes (laughs) don't let me go on a tangent but we need change uh you guys need to go and check this out check out this case google it Go on Facebook. Check out the Facebook group. Go look at the pictures of this beautiful baby oh, and this beautiful, beautiful mom and everybody that loves her and, you know, was affected by this horrible crime. Like I said, it makes me feel sick. It makes me feel nauseous. Not even just as a mom or as like... As a human being. As a human. And not a piece of shit. No, I'm not a fucking piece of shit. And Sometimes like I can be like a little shitty, but like I'm not, you know. Yeah. And I also, uh, I would really like to thank you guys for... Uh, reaching out to us mm-hmm. with the feelings uh, that you're reaching out to us with the thing, the cases like this case was sent to us by someone that felt really strongly about mm-hmm. what we're talking about. They went to high school with Mikhail. 
See? So that in in itself, right? I mean, that to have that connection with somebody, you never forget somebody no. and you never forget, especially when they're taken so senselessly and it could have been completely avoided. When it could have been any one of us. Exactly. I mean, that's a thing. That was a total crapshoot. That was that was something being thrown up into the air, and you never know who you're landing beside right now. No, because it's they're opportunistic. They'll yeah. take their opportunity, and you know, good thing her friend heard her like him introduce himself to the baby and over the phone, and she could point them in that direction. Because if they had just come to interview the neighbors, how the fuck would they even know? Because they, they don't know. have it. It's like under slender, anywhere. older man. He's 115 been, pounds. I know, like 115 pounds. Fucking break him in half. <laughs> fucking piece of shit but I yeah i mean again we're sorry for the swearing for everybody that's we're listening so to this i'm just kidding because no we feel passionately we're sick of this we're over it and i've been reaching out to people who have bigger platforms than us and maybe i'm this annoying is, this is extremely cool like i'm maybe very I'm proud annoying. of you for this very i messaged drake <laughs> so Danica messaged maybe drake. that one will go unheard but you know um there are other people I've messaged trying to get them like you. We need people with big platforms. We have a lot of new followers. We have we do like, have a, we have we have like I think we had nine maybe not new on followers the other day. No, in two days. Oh, we in had two days. Nine. But we had 500 last month, which Ooh. is cool, which is cool because I love that in the sense of like, you know, people getting are, our message. People out. are getting our message. Yeah. Exactly. I don't give a shit about any of the other stuff. We don't have any, you know, like the. <laughs> make them with a lot of money from this or anything but i'm passionate about it and you're passionate about we it. we are yeah and you raised me to be passionate about serial killers and murder and all that stuff not in the way of like oh my god yeah but like now that we have this to ha be able to use our voice maybe to get it changed so that we don't yeah. have to do these cases anymore and i think that there's like a line because you know obviously in all of our other cases our early cases our mid cases we've talked about trauma and we're really people who have done that deep dive and like wow this is how the human brain operates and this is why the human brain operates this way yep. and you know there's people who do petty crimes when they're young and they you know um, not saying that those are good but it's but it's, it's different i mean circumstance that, i think right? that is circumstance mm -hmm. like when and the, giving those people yeah. selling drugs doing all that stuff yes okay those are bad in the sense of they are criminal offenses but i mean well, those are those are easy ways of corruption. Yes, and those are things that people who have not had maybe a good guiding light, maybe yeah. they didn't have a good family home, maybe they their mom didn't they tell they them. They were sexually Karma's assaulted. Karma's gonna get you. Yeah, I did to you. Oh, yeah. Well, exactly. Mom, steal something. Oh my God! I shoplifted earrings, went back and returned them. Remember the next day, I couldn't even couldn't even wear them. I only did it with all the other kids that were shoplifting. But anyway, so. It's things like that where there's, I believe that people do have the opportunity, you know, they can change, they can grow. The person I was even five years ago yeah. compared to the person I am today. Even me and I'm 50. Yeah. The person I was oh. five years ago. Yeah. God, dude. Little less wrinkled. Took a while. <laughs> I finally hey, grew up. But no, I think that those people, you know, and I, I don't know if that sounds like, okay, you're just picking what kind of criminals, but like, no, these these people are killing and raping and murdering. And they're like older people or younger people, whoever. Because they're fucked up. Yeah, but they're just given the opportunity to do it again and again and again and again. But you think if there's people who are doing these other crimes or selling drugs, they're, they're you know, non-violent offenses, they could change. Maybe those people just need 
to do the deep dive and like understand are they internalizers are they externalizers were they raised, were they raised by emotionally immature people I don't know it's not like I've been doing a lot of oh, deep dives <laughs> into my own childhood trauma my inner child work I don't know why you would have any childhood trauma <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not even from you. That's the best part. I mean, it could be. I mean, I'm sure it is. <laughs> it could be, but it's all those all those uh, years of watching Nancy Grace in bed. Oh, yeah, it's like. Well, I mean, there was more stuff that we were watching than Nancy Grace, <laughs> but yeah, I think again to just kind of send that message and hit that home. And we're we're glad that it's getting out there, and mm -hmm. we're glad that uh, you guys yeah. are following us into our journey and yeah. that you're making it yours. So thank you yeah. so much. So again, to you know, get this message out, we want you guys to follow us. We yeah. want you guys to engage with us. We we love getting the messages. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of messages about cases um, that people want us to cover, especially now, obviously that we kind of have geared more towards these kinds of cases and then it's like you know bringing you another one. Oh, here you fucking go there's another guy who escalated and escalated yeah. and now it's done this or just even canadian cases we have some unsolved ones that have been brought to our attention um we have some cases that are like totally not even anything to do with any of this stuff so obviously we'll keep it spicy yeah. for you guys we're not just gonna focus on this yeah. but <laughs> we would like you guys to reach out and you know dialogue please with do. us please so do. murder with my mother podcast on instagram murder with my mother podcast on facebook patreon we finally got <laughs> we finally got that shit going so whoop, whoop. murder with my mother podcast on patreon you guys can just google it and do we have more than one follower yet Maybe we do, maybe we, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we do, maybe we don't. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. We also wanted to give a shout out to the cool ass studio that we get to re record in. Um, Dan, the Speakeasy Podcast Studio. Um, always, it's great. Super it's great. Changed, it's changed our podcast for the better yeah. a million times. Mm -hmm. We're no longer recording in, in a closet. closet. And. <laughs> We get to see ourselves. Yeah, I love that we came from there, but like this studio is way fucking better. It's so. fucking dope for yeah. sure. Yeah. So hit up Dan, uh, Speakeasy Podcast Studio again. Dan, is there an Instagram? Uh, there will be. There will be. Uh, the website's going to be speakeasypodcast.ca. Speakeasypodcast.ca. Tour of the studio. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, there you go. And Dan is your man for all that for sure. stuff. We highly so. recommend 10 out of 10. Yeah. So anything else you wanted to touch on? I kind of need like a palate cleanser after this horrible, horrible case. We have a couple, some time left, but oh, that's a horrible case. Literally makes me feel like nauseous. I want change. I want, yeah, let I me mean, get too much into it again because I'm going to keep going for 10 more <laughs> minutes, but yeah. Uh, I am just uh, really excited about the direction we're heading in. And uh, as usual, I'm enjoying doing the podcast that we're doing. Yeah, me too. And we are hoping again to come at you more regularly yeah <laughs> well now because the speakeasy podcast uh, studio is open evenings and weekends yeah so now we have a lot more opportunity within well, our busy lives well <laughs> fucking i'm not busier. the one with children children and eight hats like i said i'm yeah. doing so many jobs right now so if anyone i'm just eating bonbons in my <laughs> bonbons and talkies bye bye <laughs> yeah another thing in the true crime community um, again, go to noahslaw.ca, look at that. Um, another thing, Gypsy Rose Gypsy is Rose out is of out. jail. You guys know how we feel about Gypsy. She's out living her best life. 
Yep. Gypsy. I mean, I know that there are definitely some people torn with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you go back into the episode we did about it, she really led a terrible life. Being Horrible. Captive by her uh, mother that suffered from Munchausen's by proxy. And... Yeah. Gypsy, if you want to come on the podcast, yeah, we gy- are more than welcoming of that. She went on the vile, the vile oh, she files. She did go on vile files, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I think we're just as cool as Nick Vile. Uh, I think we're cooler. Sorry, Nick Vile, but you're probably right, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's out. She's and she's fully like, yes, I was a accomplice in my mom's yes. murder. Um, there's a lot of again, go back and listen to our episode. Listen to anybody's episode. Uh-huh. Go watch the documentary. I don't think she likes. She did her own documentary now from she behind did, bars. Yeah, but so. I can't watch it because I can't get that. Um, you don't whatever want to pay platform. for that platform, or because yeah. it's in America. It is. You could go somewhere and watch it because I have I'm pretty American sure. Boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> mom's <laughs> dating over the border because she's got <laughs> commitment issues. So she's like, I'm just gonna keep you guys over here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I mom's might be boyfriend. on 90 Day Fiance soon. <laughs> Please don't get married. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> you tried that before. <laughs> I have PTSD from it. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm engaged. I just haven't told oh, you. Oh no! Yet. Imagine. <laughs> oh kidding. my god! I would <laughs> just. just I feel. Kidding. I would fully support it. I really like him. I met him on the weekend, yeah. and he was super cool, down to earth. Did you guys know that in Canada, Dan? What do you call a sticker on the back of a car? A bumper sticker? No, like what the D word. Like something, you know, like a DE. A decal? A, sorry, a decal, right? Yeah. Do you know that we're the only. Decal? Yes. So we are the only country that says decal, and yeah. the whole rest of the world mocks us for it. And says decal, which I think sounds way stupider. Stu- more stupid, <laughs> right? I agree. Decal sounds. Decal? Yeah. Gonna get my decal. <laughs> if anyone wants to murder with my mother, decal, I have a lot. Uh, a decal? We have hats, we have shirts, we have all of that. So. Hit us up for some merch. Yeah, I think I'm we segueing should all try, over the yeah. fucking place right now. <laughs> I'm think, always going back though to keep those sex, violent sexual offenders in jail, but I don't know. I think it's we're a, a little circuit. off the rails at the moment. We are. So with that, <laughs> <laughs> this has been episode 52 of Murder with My Mother, the true crime podcast where I talk murder with my mother. Bye, guys. We Bye. love you. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>